A good morning, everybody. Today is morning, Tuesday. Yes, today is Tuesday, yes. July 18th, and you are listening to The Daily Thread. So good to be back on here. Tonight begins the nine days, that time of year. Better do that laundry and either start learning or get ready to, to eat that milk stuff. Maybe buy some Tums and Pepto-Bismol. Well, you know, first of all, um, you know, last year, as a matter of fact, I think it was Saturday night and Sunday, Tishabov, if I'm not if I'm mistaken. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a nitcha. So it was. So by the uh, by the Sephardim, they only do shvur shachalboy. They only hold from not eating meat on the week that Tishabov falls out on. And it was a Sunday. They don't have to subsist or abstain from eating meat at all during is the that, days. Is that for Hello, real? That's, ac- yes, that's, that's accurate? That's, that's their minig. No, and you are you serious? You know that I my my expertise is inaccurate information. I'm going to confirm oh, that information. Oh my god! I want to call up Ari Ben Shushan right now. Okay, ask him what the Sephardic minic is for uh, for the nine days, and see what he says. Are you recording this, or are we just? Uh, no, I'm recording this, this. Okay, one second. Hey, Rabari, how are you? What's going on now? I'm recording right now. You're, you're you're literally on the daily thread. My father said something. I wanted to ask you if it's if it's legit. Let's do it. Okay. My father said that for Svardim, they don't hold of not eating meat unless it falls out in the same week of Tishabov. So if let's say let's say Shabbos Sunday is Tishabov, they can eat meat no problem up you know Thursday Friday. So to be honest. You do have um, different opinions as far as that goes. The Spartan have something called Shvur Shachalbo. Shvur Shachalbo means the week of. The week of means that if, let's say, Tisha B'Av falls out on a Tuesday, so our main drive of nine days, as you guys would call it, is Shvur Shachalbo. So it would be starting <clears throat> from that week. But still, the nine days, though, um, even for the Spartan, it comes Rosh Chodesh. So we don't eat meat and we don't drink wine even from Rosh Chodesh. When oh, we wow. talk about Shur Shachalbo, Shur Shachalbo is intensifying as far as the non-bathing, intensifying as far as the laundry, things along those lines. So you'll find that the Spartan will go swimming in the nine days until Shur Shachalbo. You're going to find meat. that the Spartan have regular bathing until Shur Shachalbo. Our laundry will be the same until Shur Shachalbo. But haircuts. And, and they eating eat meat. meat and wine, um, starting from Rosh Chodesh Av already, we do not. You'll find the Syrians, perhaps on Rosh Chodesh itself, um, will uh, still eat meat, but that uh, you'd have to find a matzah in a Wait, so you're saying hair, haircuts and eating meat, you don't? they don't do during Shur Shachabah? Certainly not during Shur Shachabah, but even starting from Rosh Chodesh Av. Like, this year's a perfect example. Wednesday is Rosh Chodesh. So for Svartim, starting from Wednesday, our meat and our wine and haircut stop over there from Rosh Chodesh. And then when Shavuot Shachalbo kicks in, which is starting from Sunday, so then we go into no bathing, no swimming, uh, no laundry, etc. And and from, from Rosh Chodesh Av, what do you have to stop doing? So from Rosh Chodesh Av, we don't, well, we haven't been listening to music the entire three weeks. Eating meat and drinking wine 
from Rosh Chodesh Av, like the Ashkenazim, from Rosh Chodesh, and haircutting and shaving. So for the three weeks, certain Sephardim still had haircutting and shaving, but starting from Rosh Chodesh Av, no more haircutting and shaving. Okay, so Abba, you're you're con- you're, you're 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 legit. Well, he, he he's confusing it. He, he's Your confusing it a little bit. Legit. I think everybody's more confused legit. than they were a few minutes ago. My my, uh, oh. I don't. You can't hear him, Ari. But my father says he thinks everyone's a little more confused than they were a few minutes ago. Oh no! I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Ari, thank you so much. I'll speak to you later. Yeah, you got it. Bye. Anyway, okay, you know, so I, I I think I think basically everyone should ask their local Orthodox oh, okay. Sardi rabbi. Okay, yeah. <laughs> a lot of different things going on. I I asked. I I'm, we're doing a program for Tisha B'av. I'm trying to I'm trying to stream Echa so people who can't make it out to shul can hear Echa. So I was speaking yeah. to Rabbi Shlomo Farchi, and he's like, the Sephardic Echa is way different than Ashkenaz Echa. I asked yeah. him like, what's the, what's the difference? Do you guys eat pita and rice? Um, I, I don't think the Svartim eat pita and rice on Tisha B'av, but the, supposedly the Eicha is completely different. How, well, it's a different uh, different text. It's longer. I don't know. Shorter. I don't know. I don't know. You, know, you see, the problem with uh, with, with the young people... Uh, in, in oh, once I, this is a new segment. We get ready for some drum roll. It oh, is the, the problem <laughs> with the young oh. people. How many summers did you say you spent in camp? 13? 15. 15. In camp, it's a whole different way. In camp, nine days becomes an activity. You know? Um, you have to uh, try online shows. You can't have a drum roll. <laughs> What's the matter with you? <laughs> no drum rolls in the nine days. Listen, it took you long enough to find your drum roll. I know. You tried on, what did you do in camp? You tried on nine shirts, right? Uh, nine pairs of socks. Um, I don't know. Of course, you didn't go swimming, uh, unless it was instructional swimming, right? If it was, yeah. If it was, if it was over ninety degrees, the lifeguards. I tell you, the lifeguards did have their. They, you know, they had their life. The lifeguards in training did. Ha- they did. They were able to go swimming, meaning they were training, so they were able to go in the pool and go swimming. And not only okay. that, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pask in here. But again, the more the Asar and Camp Monk then and now should live and be well as Rav and there were some there were some times some summers when there were heat waves in in, yeah. in camp during the summer during the nine days and he said the kids can go swimming today and Everybody they had a, the and they had to swim he li- they literally said it is it was 102 degrees or Davakon Paskin everyone can go swimming okay, that was so. when there was no air conditioning in the bunks maybe it's different now I don't know there's no there's no air conditioning in the bunks then uh, now there is so I don't know if that changes anything. Um, but that's that's the that's the that's what I have on that. Um, okay. But yeah, is that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, flexibility apparently, and a lot of wiggle room. And really, I think the focus needs to be on the mindset, on the fact that there's no base amigdash, and that we're we're, we're observing um, a number of tragedies that happen on Tisha B'av, in the days leading up from Shavas Batamas to Tisha B'av, the destruction of the base amigdash. Beginning of World War One and World War Two around that time, mm-hmm. uh, so it was a day of uh, today of mourning. It's a historical. It's uh, interesting. Day I of uh, on the on the Meaningful Minute app, Rabbi Cheskel Hartman, he posts a halacha every single day. He writes the nine days. The Ashkenazim do not wear freshly washed clothing during the nine days, starting tonight, even if they were clean prior to the nine days. Some say that this does not apply nowadays to the undergarments. Big day Zaya. There are two common solutions for this. A 
best to wear clothes for a short time before the start of the nine days. Therefore, one should try and prepare the clothing he'll need for the next week by wearing them for a short while before sunset. And B, during the nine days, one can put the clothes on the floor and get them a bit dirty or wrinkled and wear them. So that that is a halacha from... Rabbi Yechaskel yeah, Hartman. Beautiful. Very that's interesting. Beautiful. But that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's what you call a shortcut. You're taking a shortcut uh, through, uh, through halacha. Well, that's isn't making a siyam and eating meat also like... Uh, like? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think when I look at... When I, I would call it a short... I would call it a shortcut. I mean... Actually, when I look at the schedule, I think we could even afford here... Here, here in the New York, I think we could afford to extend the nine days by three or four days so we can get all this siyumam in. There's so many scheduled... It's so, so many organizations are scheduling, uh, you know, a seam, barbecues, uh, yeah, where, where people could uh, people could have meat. There, there. Listen, I remember in camp when I was in camp. Uh, I guess it was the nineteen early nineteen uh, late nineteen sixties, uh, sixty five to seventy. Um, I would tell you that uh, I think we ate meat every night. Uh, and if we didn't have meat, we had fried fish that looked like meat. You couldn't tell what was under the under the bread, you couldn't tell if there was oh. fish underneath or chicken underneath. And then you really couldn't tell what the taste was. Was it fish or was it chicken? So very um, scary. That sounds that sounds uh, very scary. We had a rabbi and, and we had a rabbi in camp, uh, and and he made a seam, made a seam every every night, so the whole camp could uh, could have meat because we were young, growing strong boys, and we had to uh, we had to have our, our nourishment in order to become you know. Strong Shomrei Torah mitzvahs and shouldn't be yeah. shouldn't be weak and, and shouldn't be able to learn or whatever the the situation was. Anyway, the first story um, of the day is about. so I have okay, the first story the of the first day. Story? Okay. Ah, that was some banter. I mean, that that was you know. Thank you, Rabbi Ben Shushan, for taking the call. You know, like that was uh, that was great. But a story we have here: Chabad man bikes four hundred plus miles from Crown Heights to Montreal. What really? Uh, Via Yeshiv World, this isn't something you see every day. A man from Crown Heights biked more than 400 miles from New York City all the way to Montreal, presumably as a fun summer activity challenge. His first stop in Montreal, Pizza Pita for a fresh hot pie, fries, and onion rings. The stunt store owner gave an impromptu interview with the Bachar, Yosef Goodman, who described his journey. Goodman said he began his journey beginning in the Bronx and rode all the way to the Canadian border, sleeping in various Chabad houses along the way. Um, yeah, that's, okay, so that's the go, story. He didn't go nonstop. He didn't go nonstop. You know, he, he stopped over his places. So, um, he biked, uh, pretty remarkable. Know, it's about 250 miles, I think. Oh, it was 400 miles. You said 400 miles. Yeah, to, to Montreal? It's not too, yeah I would say so. Montreal? Yeah. It's not, yeah. From Crown Heights. I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a difference. From no, he left from Bronx. From Cedarhurst. It doesn't make a difference. Well, from Bronx. Um, I don't, I think Toronto is more like 400 miles. I think uh, Montreal is like a little bit closer than that. Anyway, well, they're, probably, they're probably not. Yeah, so, they're probably not lying. So that was just what? That was just uh, an exercise he was doing it for, or a challenge, personal challenge. He just didn't. He wanted to have a good time. He wanted to have fun. All right, that sounds like fun to me. Sounds like fun to yeah. watch somebody else do that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's in you the news. You... Um, what else? Do you have other stuff in the news? Because if something is very much in the news these days, which I wrote about this week uh, in the news. What's that? Um, uh, it's about I called the article "Casual Anti-Semitism." It's all over the place, you know. You know what Robert Kennedy said the other night, RFK. You know what he said? He said that I, he, I heard he said that. Yeah, he said that. He said the vaccine. The vaccine has been developed in such a way that it infects white people and black people, and it uh, minimizes the uh, effect that it has on Chinese people and Ashkenazic Jews. So. 
That's didn't he say that it was manufactured by the Jews? Did he say that? No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He says, I don't know what it is, but he said uh, he said that it was developed in such a way that it has minimal, creates a minimal amount of damage to Ashkenazic Jews and to Chinese people. And it has uh, a more of a, I guess we was trying to say, potential harmful impact on uh, white people and uh, African-American people. So he got into a lot of trouble for that with uh, with a lot of Jews, a lot of Jewish community people, because it's a it's, it's a shocking thing to say. You know, Robert Kennedy, uh, he's, he's running at 20 percent uh, against Joe Biden, the Democratic nomination for president of the United States. I saw an interview this morning with Jewish News Service where he said, I don't know, he didn't explain. I didn't see anywhere that he explained what he was trying to say. What he did say this morning was he's going to be more careful about what he says in the future and that support for Israel is in the DNA of the Kennedy family, going back to his uncle, John Kennedy. But I don't know. Maybe we, maybe if he explained it, we couldn't even understand it. But like, I mean, let me ask you a question. Like, why do people, why do people do that? In order to defend themselves, they never say what they actually feel in their heart. They always deflect. Like okay, Donald so, Trump, I'm not an anti-Semite. My, my son-in-law is Jewish. My grandkids are Jewish. Robert Kennedy, first, my uncle loved all, the Jews. You're the one being all, accused of anti-Semitism. First of all, it looked to me like he didn't know he was being recorded. He was sitting at a dinner table with a bunch of people. And it was, uh, you know, clandestinely uh, being recorded. I don't think he knew that. That's, mis- that's mistake uh, number one. You have to always assume you're being recorded. That's 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 mistake uh, number yeah. one. I once went to a uh, Trump event when he was running for president. I guess it goes back to, uh, I think it was the 2020 election. So it must have been about 2019. Where we went, we went to an event in Manhattan, and uh, security collected our phones uh, before we go into the uh, to the to the ballroom. Um, the only person that recorded anything was the guy that carries two phones. I guess the Secret Service didn't think that anyone's carrying two phones. Like this person and you, of course. You always carry at least three phones, right? Listen, listen, listen. Anyways, remember that Jewish event? That, remember that event they had Trump, a bunch of these these Jewish people, I think Louis Shiner put yeah, yeah, together yeah. with... with yes, yeah, and, and they also said there's not going to be any phones. There was the most right. videos that came out of that <laughs> Trump event ever. <laughs> Everyone's carrying two phones, okay? Then you have this uh, uh, congresswoman from Washington State, Jayapal, who on uh, this past weekend, on Saturday, she said that uh, she said that Israel's a racist state. And uh, then the next day, they, her Democrat colleagues, uh, her Jewish Democrats, uh, came out against her. How can you say Israel's a racist state? It's our closest ally. She said, I only said it because there was a pro-Palestinian demonstration there, and I was trying to to tone to calm them down. So I said what they wanted to hear, that Israel is a racist state. So, But she apologizes for it. And what she really meant was that the current government with Ben Gvir and Smorich as part of the Netanyahu coalition, that is racist. But the state itself, the country of Israel itself, is not uh, is not racist, number one. Let me point out one more thing on this subject, and then we'll go to your go for stories. It. You know, the story yesterday was that finally, after two and a half years as president, President Biden finally invited uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu for a meeting because it's unusual. It's America's closest ally uh, in the Middle East is Israel. No question about it. They share military cooperation. They share intelligence uh, secrets or whatever you want to call it. Uh, But it turns out that he didn't invite him to Washington and he didn't invite him to the White House. Uh, But he invited to speak to him on what they call the sidelines of the United Nations General Assembly meetings which will take place at, in late in late September. So now, what did he accomplish? He can accomplish that he said that he invited Netanyahu to speak with him. And Netanyahu can say that he uh, got an invitation from Biden to come to the United States. Neither is wrong, neither is right. 
they're both uh, not telling the truth about uh, about it. But it's been tradition, a new president, and especially a new prime minister, he was just elected, I think, nine months ago, uh, Netanyahu, uh, last November 1st, um, and then a few months till they uh, created a governing coalition. But he's being invited here, and people are going to think that, oh, uh, Biden finally gave in and invited uh, Netanyahu to the White House to speak to him like an ally, like a friend. Not true. You know, they both have what they call plausible deniability. You know, Biden's consent yeah. didn't invite him to the White House. I didn't invite him to Washington. I'm meeting him in New York and uh, and so on uh, and so forth. Yeah. And uh, very, very one, interesting. One more, one more thing. One more thing. Um, another thing that I mentioned in the article called Casual Anti Semitism is what Johnny Bench said. You know, Johnny Bench, they had a, uh, also on Saturday, they had uh, an induction into the Hall of Fame of Gay Paul. Gay Paul was the general manager of the Cincinnati Reds in the uh, 60s and 70s, maybe in the 80s too. Uh, Gay Paul was Jewish, and Pete Rose was there, and Pete Rose said that Gay Paul assigned him to a contract right out of high school for $400 a month. Uh, And uh, someone yelled out from the audience, boy, that's cheap. And someone else, uh, and Johnny Bench said, you remember Johnny Bench, right? Johnny I don't Bench know about, said, I don't... Johnny Bench was a catcher for the Reds. Johnny Bench. Ah, but let out. me ask you, what, what year was he the catcher for the Reds? Oh, uh, probably through the 80s. You know when I was born? Yeah, 95. Yeah. How would I know Johnny Bench? Bench? Johnny Bench was an all-star. <laughs> anyway, Johnny Bench. <laughs> oh, 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 he's an all-star. Now I know him. Anyway, Johnny Bench yelled out, well, he was Jewish. So of course he got a he got a great deal. Yikes! So, you know, Who Pete, kind of, Pete, Ro- Pete Rose yeah, is Jewish? No, not, not Pete Rose. Johnny Bench said that about uh, Paul, okay. the general manager. And so uh, someone said, said four hundred dollars a month—that's cheap. And Johnny Bench said, "Well, he was Jewish." So you see, it's it's jokingly, it's an attempt at humor, but the underlying theme to the whole approach is acceptable. What I call casual. Anti-Semitism, which means it's everywhere. It's in every corner. No, no matter what you're doing, no matter what, you, whether you're inducting a general manager from the Cincinnati Reds, it can't be more obscure and innocuous than that. Whether you're inducting a general manager of the Cincinnati Reds into the Hall of Fame, or you're a congresswoman who's trying to quiet down pro-Palestinian demonstrators, or if you're the president of the United States and you're trying to deceive the world into thinking that you invited the leader of your greatest ally. Uh, to meet with you, so it's out there. It's yeah. everywhere. That's the point. What are you going to do? What, what, what do we do about it? Nothing, right? What do you do about it? Listen, uh, you know they end up they end up apologizing for it. And uh, someone wrote uh, someone wrote uh, on what one of the WhatsApp groups that I'm on from Israel said that if I was Netanyahu, I wouldn't accept the invitation. Nothing short of an invitation to the White House, like every the, the leader the leaders of Senegal and India and Turkey. And uh, every every other nation in the world are invited to a White House, have a White House dinner, have a White House meeting with the press there. And uh, except Netanyahu, he has to meet on the sidelines at the United Nations because he's afraid of the left, of what the extreme leftists or what the squad and the other leftists like Jayapal and AOC and others are going to, uh, how they're going to react. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is our news stories for today. This is The Daily Thread. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Make sure to do that laundry and eat that Milchik stuff. The Milchik restaurants are going to have a field day, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a, it's gonna be very, very busy. Hard to get a seat. But tonight, what's today? Tuesday? 
Tonight's going to be a bonanza for the uh, meat restaurants. Right? Bonanza. Well, That's it's up the... until eight. I think Shkia is at eight twenty-five p.m. So it's going oh. it's going to have to be before then. Unless you're in a unless you're in a Syrian neighborhood, then you can uh, eat right up until Saturday. I'm waiting for that one. I'm waiting for that one guy to to go to Chicago and have an hour earlier, and then fly from Chicago to L.A. to have three hours earlier, and then just keep flying to time zones that extend the meat-eating period. Well, I'm sure you heard about the lawyer that builds his clients for 27 hours a day. No, I did not. Now he did I'm also he thinking... Cal- he flew to California. Is that a joke? Uh, kind of, a little bit of a joke. <laughs> It's three hours earlier in California. I have, to explain, I have to explain it to you. Okay, no jokes you know, in the nine days. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, that is the Daily Thread. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this program. We'll be back you, uh, you with another episode tomorrow, so sort of stay earlier. tuned. Okay. Bye-bye.